0: those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you
0: need Robert Half. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge. That's storylines, best bets, one and done. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, hello to you.
2: Hello, gang. How's it going, Rick? I felt the uh, the short squeeze with you and your Reddit minions uh, last week with uh, the Bryson DeChambeau being on opposite end of that. But we're back in the finance game with Charles Schwab. Uh, blockchain technologies on the table this week as well uh rbc got in the mix too but yeah excited excited to talk to you fellas
0: uh that was a lot of buzzwords mark <laughs>
1: kidding. Gee i missed the whole blockchain thing uh I, I was stuck out on a golf course please help me
0: michael block I'll try.
1: Yeah, to I I know that. okay i know that so why blockchain
2: uh th- th- a lot of people were saying block heads block party but I-, I thought it was a big miss not going with blockchain
1: all right because uh, uh, rick and kyle Before the Sunday evening show, I came racing off the golf course to join them and they were giggling at each other about blockchain. I'm like, feeling so left out, but I I guess I'm around.
0: No one understands it, you
1: know? (laughs) Uh,
0: We had Michael Block on Friday night and he said he had 600 messages he needed to reply to. Apparently, that was up to 4,000 on Monday morning. So, a lot of people were able to get Michael's number.
1: Okay, well, well, this must be a thing. It must be like a number they get because I heard Brooks said he had about six hundred messages too. So, what is it? The same people just tweeting, texting both?
0: Yeah, I don't know. And like, okay, so, so I I, I don't think four thousand people have Michael Block's number. But when you do something that gets that much attention, anybody who is in his orbit is probably getting a text like, "Hey, send me Michael's number. I want to send him congratulations text." So he's probably got like. 3,800 of them from numbers. He has no idea who they are.
1: Okay, just some insider stuff, right? Because you know, my On The Mark podcast is about golf instruction. Well, I've got sig- a significant number of requests now to feature Michael Block. So uh, I'm going to have to line him up somewhere to make it 6,001 or whatever the number is, 4,001. Yeah,
0: it might take him a couple of months to get back to you at, at this rate, Mark. Uh, Patrick, what is the most unread text messages you've ever had?
2: Uh, I'm pretty... Uh... I keep everything at zero. The little red markers like freak me out. I I just can't do it. Um, So most ever, probably if I'm head down.
0: Yeah, like Mark, Mark, you're insane. You're insane to me. Two hundred and seven red messages right now.
1: That's nothing. My emails were about 3,700 at one stage, but uh, I've got an assistant who helped uh, reduce that to 77, but it's climbing. But (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'm going through you and I feel like I've deleted them. Well, read them all and it still says 222. So there's stuff there that I must have missed somewhere.
2: Do you have the uh, the 30 day automatic delete feature on?
1: You need to tell me how to do that.
2: Okay. We we can talk after the show about it. I'll give you I'll give you the step by step.
1: All right.
0: I have uh 30 32 I don't know if it'll focus. I have 32 emails right now that I need to those are all ones I need to actually reply to. So that's a, a legitimate.
1: I want to keep this at 222 because my favorite number is my lucky number is 2 so Having 222 of you is a a good sign for me.
0: Yes. Well, it's insane is what it is. (laughs) But we will defer that conversation. We will get you uh, the information on how to auto-delete those. I didn't think it was 30 days, Patrick. I thought it was longer than that. I thought it was...
2: Uh, No, no, no. Apple? I I think it's 30. Apple?
0: Yeah. Maybe it is. All right. Yeah. Uh, any, we were able to de- debrief, uh, obviously after every round last week, the PGA championship, but is there anything else that we should probably put a bow on from last week's PGA championship? Anything come up in the last day or so that we need to, uh, we need to rock and roll on. Um,
1: how's your whip readings, big guy.
0: Really <laughs> not good. <laughs> really <laughs> not good. Uh, that so, as that as Rory's? Well, uh, uh, What's uh, wrong? So
2: uh, he was twenty-two percent on Thursday morning.
0: I'm at seven right now. Ooh,
1: seven percent right now. You need to uh, drink water, take a cold plunge. You know what I what I did when I got home? Um, yeah, when my regular, when I'm out on tour, it's I, I typically vacillate somewhere between like thirty and fifty ish. Uh, because you know, it's long days and it's lots of pressure and stuff. And you get back to the hotel and then it's you know, in sporadic sleep and stuff. And you just jacked up, right? And whenever I get home, that stuff changes. So I got home, got in the plunge tub, 77 last night. I went from about 32 uh, Sunday night to 77 overnight. So get yourself a cold plunge tub.
0: Good for you. Yeah, i am got, got to figure something out indeed. Well, we will uh, turn our attention here to the Charles Schwab Challenge and a surprisingly deep field here, Patrick. Nine of the top 20 players in the world headlined by two native Texans. That's Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler. And it's always a little bit of a crapshoot what you're going to get the week after a major championship, especially one that is, oh, I don't know, a couple thousand miles away from where we just were last week. But, On this Tuesday afternoon, we've got a strong field shaping up.
2: Yeah, surprisingly strong, like you said. And I think these Texans really care about these Texas events. Uh, They've been willing and able to potentially play five in a row. I know Speed just had to withdraw from the Byron Nelson. Uh, He said he might add another tournament just because he feels like he hasn't really played that much. Playing only twice at or uh, two rounds at Quill Hollow. Uh, And failing to play the Byron Nelson. then Scotty Scheffler probably should have won this event last year. Coming off the miscut at the PGA Championship. Kind of the course really baked out uh, last year on Sunday. And the leaders were on it. Burns kind of raced to the finish. uh, And then kind of stole it from Scotty in the end. But Victor Hovland obviously playing great. Uh, He's probably the second best player in this field. I didn't know he was up to world number six. That's incredible. Max Homa kind of looking for a spark uh, but all in all it's it's a really good field and uh should produce another good winner
0: another real sprint here in the schedule mark we've seen these kinds of ebbs and flows uh the pga championship last week then this week we get nine of the top 20 players in the world next week mm-hmm. is the memorial elevated event at jack's place everybody will be there rbc canadian opens in toronto then the u.s open and then another elevated event, the Travelers Championship. So if the, if the big boys are worried about not playing a lot of golf, I think they can fix that pretty quickly here.
1: My whoop readings are going to be low, <laughs> low. And then it's a week off, U.S. Open for me. And then that's going to be green. It's going to be low again for Travelers. Uh, yeah, look, it's, the scheduling is a thing, which is why I'm really excited to see that this field at Colonial, for the Charles Schwab Challenge is decent i was fearful that kind of like the byron nelson this one was gonna get kind of the raw end of the deal but to see scotty show up victor certainly uh, homer i think is I, i'm with patrick is looking for a little something finau uh, sam burns hasn't been playing so well i think it's a good move for him marikawa there's some good names there but i'm keen to see like how they straight how they play this thing over the next little while because uh, Dallas was ostensibly a week off for a number of these guys. Uh, Scheffler did play. Um, I, I think Homer played as well, right? And and then, obviously, at the PGA last week. Now, a lot of guys playing this week, and then they're going to play Memorial, Jack's place. And then um, you've got C- Canada, which is likely to be sort of a quiet week, I would think, again, as a lead-up to the U.S. Open. So, yeah, I think Canada is going to suffer some. But it'll, it'll still be a good field because, you know, Rory will be there because he'll be the defending champion and you'll have a few good Canadians and stuff. So, yeah, scheduling is a real deal. And and I think there'll be a, a lot of tired puppies at the end of all of this thing. <laughs>
0: well, the new scheduling has created a bit of a monopoly on wins, Patrick. Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm stealing all of them hogging all of them we have some big names that are still looking for the first win of their season victor hovland colin morikawa jordan speed throw sunjay im in there there is going to be when this when the dust settles after this year there's going to be a lot of guys who just didn't get one there, there's just, there's just too many good guys and they're all playing the same events
2: yeah, I think we touched on it kind of in the offseason, how winning's going to be even more difficult for the top 20, 25 players in the world. And, and we've seen that come to light so far. And it's crazy to look at someone like Colin Morikawa. He dropped to 17th in the world rankings, uh, which is his lowest mark since July 2020. And if the season ended today, it'd be his best season in terms of approach play and it'd be his best season in terms of total strokes gained as well. He obviously had a great start to the year, uh, you know, outside that back nine at Kapalua, but played well in the California swing, too. So it's just kind of how how it's going. Victor Hovland's playing great as well. Just doesn't have the win. Sung Jay, I really don't know what to think of after that uh, result at the PGA Championship after coming from Korea and winning uh, And Jordan Spieth. If he's going to win this year, you would have to think it's this this week, right? Colonial is Jordan Speaks' playground, and he looked good. He improved every day. He was fourth off the tee at Oak kill, behind only Bryson, Cantley, and Scheffler. Uh, so that's really encouraging stuff to see. So I, I assume one of these bigger names is going to kind of get the job done and seize the opportunity, or Scotty Scheffler will
1: win. So, Patrick, I want to ask a question as it pertains to Marikawa, and I'll preface this with the fact that I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of Colin. Um, So he's got these incredible statistical profiles and he's dropped to, he's dropping down the rankings like a stone. I think he's 26 or whatever it is in the FedEx cup rankings. Um, So what is your take? What, what is the insight you bring over there?
2: It's kind of probably just win variance at the end of the day. He won a lot, you know, coming out of the gates, built up the expectations that this guy's, Uh, I mean, their comparisons to Tiger Woods were out there. He won two major champions, both in his debut appearances, which were unheard of. Uh, And so it it happens from time to time that guys just go through lulls and they don't get the right end of, uh, you know, the coin flip. Uh, I mean, he lost the if he wins the tournament of champions and he doesn't lose that tournament, the 30 minute stretch that he did. We're probably talking about him in a completely different light. And, you know, things are great in the Morikawa camp, right?
1: Uh, that's a big statement, I mean, sure if he if he wins, we're talking about him in a different light. yeah, he might be a one tournament winner. I, I just I'm coming at this like this. I, I think at times the statistics can be a little misleading. Now, I'm not bashing on strokes gained. I really am not right now, but it's the with all of these guys showing up so often in all these big tournaments, um you could be beating the field strokes gained, but not winning tournaments. you know that that that's where that's where where I sort of come to rest, if you will, and and getting a tournament won. I think we saw a masterclass in winning a tournament last week from Brooks Koepka because Yeri comes in there f- respectfully. He hasn't really played very well, and he's sure, he's won on the Live League and such, but it's just different golf. And then he comes in there, and he's just got this win mentality, and he gets a sniff, and he doesn't go away. And he just keeps himself hanging around there. So to me, oftentimes... Winning events, assembling those really world-class resumes is more than just the strokes gain stuff. There's there's an immeasurable to it, and we saw it out of Brooks Koepka. Yet nobody can put their finger on the thing. Um, So
2: what's your call and take then?
1: My call and take is that he's not hitting the ball like he normally does, even though the statistics say that he's really, really good. Uh, He looks doubtful. He's taking a lot of time over shots when he's hitting greens. They're not as flushed as they used to be. I'm seeing the ball miss on two sides of the targets. And then when you've got a a tough shot coming down the stretch, maybe with a crooked wind or something like this, and there's a left flag, you know, he can't go ahead and try and aim over there. And he fans a thing weakly out to the right hand side. So it's all you need is one of those coming down the stretch and then you don't win. And then all of a sudden you start searching and that's the thing, you know, it's, if if you kind of broad stroke the thing with strokes gain numbers, it's more than that when it comes to winning. Winning, even though it's 280 shots of what it might be, it might be like one or two shots coming down the stretch that define whether you win or lose. We saw that last week at at at, uh, at Oak Hill. One shot um, might be more, but there was one shot basically that ended it for Vector and iced it for Brooks. And I know you know what the shot was.
0: Fairway bunker at sixteen. Fairway bunker
1: at sixteen.
0: Mm-hmm. Hits it into the face mm-hmm. of the bunker. Has to take a has to take a drop. Uh, I think I have a stat that kind of illustrates both of these conversations. So uh, the last four major championships, uh, two this year, two last year, the top six golfers in terms of strokes gained, uh, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Matt Fitzpatrick, Patrick Cantlay, Cam Young, have accounted for one of those major championship victories. Uh, it just you can play really good in all of them, and not and that one or two shots that don't go your way, or you get hot in one. It's just only one major championship out of the out of the top six guys. There is that's right.
1: Is- you know that brings up such a good conversation conversation because it's the skill of winning, and you know you you've got to kind of beat the field, but you've got to beat you. You're not going to beat yourself, and and Brooks has figured that stuff out it's crazy to watch him play this because whereas I didn't get to see them, but I was hearing the calls when I was out there and I've got a monitor. So I saw some of the golf when I get to look, Um, you felt like Victor was playing great, but working hard to hang on. And there were times when he shone and you're like, okay, maybe he might pull it off, but I guarantee you all in sundry, including, you know, Victor Hovland fans were likely going, well, Brooks has got this thing in the bag. And, and and no one can tell you why, which is such a crazy thing. And for me as a golf coach, I've wrestled with this for the longest time when you're working with tournament golfers because they all want to win. And you work hard and you work on your physical skills and your mental skills and your fitness and all this sort of stuff. But you can't ever point to one thing. It just all sort of comes together and you hit the right shots at the right time. You make the right putt at the right time. You know, something goes your way, something doesn't go someone else's way. And there you win. And the guys who win consistently in these big events, I mean, it's, it's, it's just such an odd deal. They just keep themselves around enough, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of, of winning that win from Brooks Kepka moves him up 20 spots in the Ryder cup standings. Patrick, he is now second alone behind just Scotty Scheffler. And the conversation is obviously going to amplify around live golfers and their participation in the Ryder cup. Uh, Zach Johnson, captain for the American squad, kind of Sidestepped the question brooks kepka and and bryson have kind of campaigned a little bit in the last week or so that they should be on the team i tend to agree with that as 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 well but we are not going to hear uh any less about brooks being in the Ryder cup thanks to this pga championship victory
2: yeah i think the quote first came out from him and dj after the masters and you know i said does the u.s even need them And you know, more information came to light. Brooks is still a very good golfer. Um, And my thing. Yeah, he's number two and it's not unprecedented. let's just say for this scenario, Brooks doesn't play terrific. The final two major championships because Zach Johnson did say if he finishes inside the top six, he's on the team. Okay. But playing devil's advocate, let's say he drops out somehow, say he's number seven or eight, and he needs a captain's pick. If you're Zach Johnson, you're leading this American side who hasn't won on European soil in 30 years. I think you have a very tough time justifying leaving off a guy who finished runner up at the masters and won the PGA championship because I mean, you had to pull out all the stops to, to stop this streak.
0: I got like, that opens up a couple of different paths for me. First of all, you said this is not unprecedented. Phil Mickelson.
2: He won the PGA Championship and he didn't qualify for the you're Ryder
0: say, Cup. You're saying you're saying someone winning a major and not qualifying for the Ryder Cup team—that's what what you're saying would not be unprecedented.
2: Yeah, and especially I mean he only has two opportunities to gain Ryder Cup points while everyone else has the rest of the PGA Tour season.
0: Okay, got. It. Just want to make sure we were clear on that. The other the other thing being, I actually think this puts Zach Johnson in a very awkward like Zach Johnson's in a lose lose scenario in my opinion. Um, if he takes Brooks Kepka and they lose, he's like, well, you left one of the best players in the world off the team, or, or, or I'm sorry, you, you allowed Brooks Kepka into the locker room and he ruined it. Or if you leave him at home and you lose, you left one of the best players in the world off the team. This is, uh, this is a tough position to be in Mark.
1: <laughs> I do not envy him in the slightest. And I've said to you guys before, you know, I spent 20 years as a college coach and we, we, had a rule on the team where if you finished in the top 10, you were exempt for the following week individually. If you won an event, you were ex- exempt for the semester, not the season. And then I would have always one coach's pick. And then postseason if for folks who weren't exempt, I would essentially pick the team. But they picked themselves because of numbers. We'd go off stroke averages and stuff like that and head to heads. And when I got a coach's pick, I was always going to be wrong. Because if the kid goes in there and plays poorly, then it was like, well, you should have taken someone else. And if he goes in there and and plays well, well, you know, then then I sort of got fortunate. Now, in a situation like this, the stakes are way higher. There's way more alpha personalities at play here. I mean, the locker room in the U.S. team is a bunch of alphas. And Zach Johnson is not necessarily a coach. He's just a personnel manager. And his job is to make sure that these guys have everything they need so that they're happy, so that they play well. And I feel like Brooks has a good enough relationship with a number of those guys because they all live down in South Florida, that that could be okay. But the political ramifications of it all, you know, Zach is a respected guy. I I just don't see the upside for him. I will say this, that if he's in the top six, look, he has to go, he's qualified. If he's seven or eight, maybe nine, that is an awfully tough decision. If he finishes twelfth, maybe you can overlook him. Maybe at eleven. But I'm here to say that the way Brooks played, and the way he dusted all and sundry the two times he played, um, the only guy who beat him, I sound like Kyle Porter, now was John Rom. He's beat all the Americans. Um, you can't leave Brooks off if he finishes ninth or tenth. You 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 really can't. I mean, it's it would be asinine, but. But again, the one thing I will say about Zach Johnson, he's a dogged competitor. He's resolute. He will get up in your face. He is not afraid of anybody. And if there is anyone who's going to leave Brooks Kepko off the team, it might be Zach because he's just that sort of a guy. But, but it's, an, it's just a horrid position for him to be in.
0: The other thing about it, Patrick, is if, if it would be one thing to leave Brooks off the team for Patrick Cantley or Xander Shoffley or some other very closely talented top J- JT. Right. But if it comes to, and the way it's kind of shaping up is the question would be Brooks Kepker Kurt Kitayama. And it's like, with respect, Brooks Kepger needs to be on this team.
2: Exactly. I mean, you're just, you're setting yourself up for, I think failure in, in two ways. One failure. If, uh, you know, in Europe, in the competition, if you don't pick him uh, and then failure, fa- failure afterwards, uh, just facing the media. If you do end up losing without Brooks Kepka. I, th- I think it is a very tough decision. Um, the vice captains in that room have been vocal about their disdain towards the live golf as well. You think about Davis Love the third, he hasn't said great stuff about it. Uh, Fred couples has been on the fence, but kind of it's given it to Phil Mickelson a decent amount. Um, so, it, it, yeah, it's just a, a really tough situation. But you saw someone like Scotty Scheffler say, I don't care who's on the team. I want the 12 best guys. We yeah. want to beat Europe.
0: Well, Mark, would it be better for Zach Johnson if, if leading up to this, there was an outspoken support from – Homa and Scotty and Xander and Jordan and JT saying, you know what? We want these guys like we're making this decision, not ZJ's making the decision.
1: Uh, Absolutely. That's actually what I was going to say is like if the team leaders come out in the run up to the selection and go Brooks needs to be on the team, that um, mitigates Zach's decision a little bit. Patrick, you bring up a fantastic point about Davis Love who holds a lot of authority there, as does Fred Couples. And look, Tiger Woods is in the mix there as well. Um, I'm not sure where he stands on stuff. He's been awfully mum about this. I'm sure he'll come out and say something. Um, So, yeah, I I think if the leading players come out and go, yeah, we want Brooks on the team, then it's likely to happen. Um, I will point out also, though, that... Brooks has in the past said about the Ryder Cup, he's like, meh, whatever, you know, it's not that big a deal to me. I just want to win majors. And his record in the Ryder Cups he's played has not been that great. Um, I think he's had a couple of victories or whatever. Um, and and certain golfers are just easily parable. And I always say this prior to the President's Cup and prior to the Ryder Cup, that it's basically a team's competition and you only play one round of singles. Uh, President's Cup, there's more. Ryder Cup, there's what, uh, 72 holes of teams matches and then uh, one... No, no, I lie. There's 54 holes teams and 18 holes singles matches. And if you got someone that's difficultly pairable or difficult to pair other golfers with, it also makes the, the captain's decision a little easier. So from that point of view, maybe there's an argument. But I still feel like if the selection is going to be made, if the team runs counter for Zach before the time... That'll really make his job easier.
0: Brooks Koepka's Ryder Cup record uh, a lot better than I thought. Five, two, and one. In now six, five, and one.
1: Yeah, no, he's. I remember Brooks taking a few losses.
0: So you're telling me that this resource that I'm looking at is wrong? Yeah, I mean,
2: he was on that Paris team, which wasn't great. Um, And then Hazeltine and Whistling. Whistling, he, he was with Berger.
1: Did he get a win in Paris? I don't seem to think he did. I know Bryson got dusted all of the time.
2: Who uh who was he paired with in Paris? Was it DJ?
0: That was 18. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. he he played four ball with Tony Finau and beat yeah. Justin Rose and John Rahm. Mm-hmm. He he also uh they lost to Sergio and, and Rory, and he paired up with DJ and lost to Rose and Sensor.
1: Okay. So one win. One win, two losses.
2: So I guess to to Mark's point about the pairings is it's been DJ Fee now and he was with Berger, they had the uh the Florida State um thing going. Uh at Whistling Straits, I believed. So I don't know. It, it's as Zach Johnson would say, it's it's irresponsible to talk about right now. <laughs>
1: We talk, we talk about the Ryder Cup in the year that it's the President's Cup. So, I mean, this is the first Cup podcast.
0: That's, we, that, that is, we usually end every, every conversation with a Ryder Cup conversation. All right. Well, we will uh, continue with some other topics like innovating blockchain technology. Um, we'll see where that goes. And we'll do our best bets, our one-and-done selections. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners and we're back. If you think Brooks Kepka had media obligations, let me introduce you to Michael Block, who I saw literally everywhere last week, including with us after Friday's round, shooting 70-70, making the cut as a club professional. Patrick, this, uh, this has taken Michael Block from local Mission Viejo Club Pro, 125 bucks a lesson, to household name, and now into the RBC Canadian Open, into this week's Charles Schwab. And someone has offered him 50 grand for the seven iron he used to make that ace on 15.
2: I'll, uh, I'll give you another business deal that came across his desk. Uh, I got an email early in the week that a, uh, an adult subscription website has offered him... to give their users lessons. If they ask him, he hasn't, he hasn't responded yet.
0: Golf lessons. Yeah. golf. I mean,
2: I I don't know. I I didn't read. I didn't read too deep into the email. I was kind of John the floor. I think golf digest ended up writing up, uh, writing it about, about it. If you want to look it up. So the money's rolling in for Michael block after what do you make? Like two fifty at the PGA.
1: So, a little bit more.
2: Great time to be Michael Block. He's got a chance this week uh, to make a little more coin. I think it's going to be really tough to come back from that. Uh, and then Canada as well.
1: Fingers crossed. I don't, I hate to be the black cloud here. Fingers crossed that he goes to Colonial and plays well, just, just plays decently. Just get yourself some weekend golf. Because, I mean, here's the thing about golf, right? It's this mysterious sport that will take you from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, sometimes inside of one round, or from week to week. And he must be running on empty right now. Because to your point, Rick, he was doing post-game stuff everywhere. And when you just being adored, I mean, I was I had the group behind him. In fact, I had his group some early Sunday, and then I dropped back to Scheffler for the last nine. On Sunday, everywhere he was going, he was showing up to standing ovations, folks cheering his name, block, block, block party and stuff like this. That um, that wears on one. Uh, so I can imagine what he's feeling like. So I so hope he goes there to Colonial, somehow gets the adrenaline pumping a little bit again and, uh, and does his thing. Because when he gets to Colonial, who do you think the first guy is going to be on the uh, in- interview docket over there? Every local affiliate in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex is going to want him. And he doesn't, I don't think he has an agent running cover for him. He, I, might, I, he might now, Mark. I'm sure he does. So, so, golly, I, I just hope he goes there and plays well. Because just like these other guys we've talked about that are exhausted after this stuff, he is too. And now he's doing Colonial. And he's doing Canadian Open. And uh, then he's got US Open qualifying or something like that. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard, but I hope he plays well.
2: Do we, uh, can, can I read the quote from the uh, company's vice president? Sure. Uh, he said, our goal is to bring your expertise and professional insight to the masses and show how my dot club, that's the company name, um, can be utilized to monetize sports lessons and other activities for adult, adult, uh, audiences.
0: <laughs> well, right. There you go. This is this is an absolute Patrick uh strike while the iron is hot situation, right? Overnight you went from nobody knowing your name in like 24 PGA Tour starts and no status anywhere and missing the cut in most of those to getting offers from all over the globe and you do not know how long this is going to last. And yeah. you've you've just got to stay on the roller coaster as long as they let you. Mark, you got to say something?
1: Yeah, I just want to say this because I remember sitting at dinner. It might've been Friday night or Saturday night or whatever. And I made a quip to one of my colleagues and I was like, what strikes me about Michael Block is that, look, he just plays an ordinary game. I thought the golf course set up great for him because it rewarded precision and that's what he does. But in every interview he gave, and every interaction he had with the fans on the golf course, he just was like so normal. And he was so thankful for everything. And, you know, so often heroes in sport and in the movies and stuff, they're these folks that are sort of viewed above. You know, they're sitting on this pedestal and we like the peons and they're the stars. And we're lucky that they grace us with their presence once in a while. He, Rick will agree to this. He treated all of us, all the fans, like we were the most important people in the world. I mean, he got onto that Golf Central, that live desk on Sunday night. I was back in the hotel room packing my bags for an early flight. And he says to uh, Rich Lerner, he goes, you're my idol, man. And I was like, dude, it, it was so refreshing. And I was like, it is so cool to have now a hero just show that much gratitude and just that much love and respect for everyone else he was around. It was, it, was like, it was like a rainbow in my world, and I'm thankful for him.
0: Uh, I saw him at the bar, the same bar I was at Saturday night and I saw him and I was like, but I, I, like, well, I didn't even, I just saw, I just laughed. I was so exhausted. I saw him over there and I was like, of course this guy's here. Like, of course he is. He's like, what, what are the, what are the people? And I was like, that's hilarious.
2: He, he might get the key to the city or something. He might, might be the, the next mayor.
0: Rochester and Mission Viejo. It might be the key to two cities. Yeah. Wild stuff. Uh, he's it up this week. He's teamed up at the RBC Canadian. We'll see how he does. And I have a feeling, uh, he's going to make it into some of our bets for later in the show. Uh, Patrick, I'll bounce this one back to you. Liv's going to DC. This is their last event before the U S open. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct. So what live has done with their schedule is they don't go against national opens. Um, so the week before the, U.S. Opens the Canadian Open, so they don't want to play across from that, uh, and it's going to be the same deal for the Open as well, since it's the Scottish Open, they're not going to play that week. So, uh, the cadence for the third and fourth majors of the year are going to be a little bit different, since they were kind of gearing up. They played a lot of golf. This will be their fifth event um, since the end of April, so it's, it's going to look a little different and. Yeah. Live DC. I have some friends and family going. Uh, I'm excited for him. I played the course a couple of weeks ago.
0: you going to go. You should go, Pat. You should be our boots on the ground.
2: Now, nah, I mean, I was just back home and I mean, post major week, but the course is course is pure. Fazio screams Bryson. I mean, Caves Valley is in the area. it's kind of similar and he played well last week. So
1: here's a question. Is Brooks going to care? <laughs> huh? Does he care about this stuff? <sighs>
2: It's this good. week, I'd say no,
1: because he was the he's the only live guy that I've seen in the events that I've been to when they've been around that he hasn't worn their team uniform.
0: I noticed that hmm. he was not wearing any. What is
1: Smith. what is he's Smash? He's a Smash guy. Yeah. Uh,
0: Smith, Cam Smith had his Ripper stuff on. Phil obviously adorned the high flyers, etc. etc. But yes, he did not wear any Smash gear at the PGA championship.
1: Even, even DJ had four aces shoes. I actually looked at him like, really? <laughs> I saw the logo on the shirt, but when I looked at the shoes, he had four aces on the shoes. He's all in, he is all
0: in indeed. Yeah. There was one other thing I wanted to comment about that. Um, but I can't remember what it is. So I guess we will have to wait and see. Okay. Uh, Let's do our bets here, gents. Turn our attention to Colonial. Mark, uh, why don't you give us an idea about this golf course uh, tree lined. It is generally though uh, shorter by PGA tour standards. It certainly skews on the, on the tougher end of things.
1: It does. Uh, It's going to be redone after this year's edition of the event, which I'm looking forward to. Um, It's, it's intimate is what I would call it. Uh, the number on the card is deceptive because it is a par 70. And for me, it sort of plays short. It's all, always dependent on the wind. But it's the kind of thing where like holes will turn right, but the fairway tilts left. And, and, and then when the hole turns left, the fairway tilts in the opposite direction. Um, you can't batter it with power. You've got to play it as, as it sits in front of you because of the fact that these mesquite trees and the oak trees, they, they sort of sit over the edges of dog legs and stuff like that. So the, the power guys can't go and bludgeon the thing to smithereens. You've got to play the golf course as it's in front of you. And it's a solid test. I love going there. Um, it's in the middle of a neighborhood outside of Fort Worth. It's just a grand spot and, and there's so much history to it. Um, it's truly one of the great stops on tour. So I'm I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right. Well, what we do here, if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing the graphic. We take a hundred bucks over to Caesar Sportsbook. We put 50 on a matchup, 30 on a finishing position, and 10 each on two separate outrights. So Patrick, why don't you get us started with your matchup selection?
2: Uh Ricky Fowler, even money over Sam Burns, the defending champion. Uh simply put, Ricky owes me one after last week. I th- I think he comes through for me after that that disaster Uh, we're taking on water but uh Sam Burns has been really inconsistent he's missed two cuts in a row I know he won last year but uh Fowler at even money seems like a good price
0: uh Fowler wasn't even all that bad last week was he missed he missed the cut on the number is that right
2: uh yeah he missed it by one it moved the conditions got easy but I was way too exposed like Uh, Michael Block potentially on his new website for all we know
0: yeah who knows Who, if the price is right, who knows? Tough to say. Uh, Mark, your matchup is also even money. Who have you taken on your selection?
1: I'm going with Fleetwood over Homer. Now, this is two, it's sort of two barrels at this bet here. First off, Fleetwood has been really sharp, and and I covered him at the Heritage. He's put this club in his bag, he calls his mini driver. It's basically a two wood ish with a, a with a three-wood shaft, and he hits this thing like 280 off the tee. He hits it like a, basically like a dart, and and he's going to be able to wear that thing out around this place and get himself in the fairway. Because if you do that, you can play some offense to these tiny greens. So playing from the fairway with this Bermuda rough around here is is is, a, is recommendable. And I just don't think Max Homer's on top of his game right now. Um, last week um, he cobbled together a good finish at quail hollow with some really disciplined kind of managerial golf, but the ball striking wasn't there um, last week. He he wasn't as sharp as he would have liked to have been. And then I saw some tweet by him where he's like, Hey, anyone know of a late night driving range in Fort Worth? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't think that's a good sign, Mark? He's not just, he's not well, just for some late. I don't,
1: night- know, I don't know if Max is trying to be funny with that, but, but you know, I, I think he's sort of joking going, I've got to find a little something now. God, golf, these golfers are good enough to find something. But right now, Fleetwood is playing really sound, and and I like him over Max.
0: Yeah, spoiler alert. Tommy Fleetwood's going to make my card here in just a second. Speaking of guys who can just position themselves around uh, Colonial, I went with Brendan Todd, minus 120 over Christian Uh There's only like remember, six...
1: that, remember that bet. Remember that bet because you and I are head-to-head on this one in just a bit.
0: Okay. Uh, Brendan Todd he has like six spots a year. That are good fits for him, and he always seems to show up at those six. And we've got one this week, so I'll ride with Brendan Todd at minus one twenty. Finishing positions, I'll get out of the way here. Eric Cole's playing great golf, top twenty plus two eighty. Uh, Mark, could you imagine? Okay, so if you remember, it feels like a year ago, but it was Thursday night. He was five under par. They stopped play and they had to resume it on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Imagine playing any hole in the world
1: as your number first
0: six. hole back on Friday morning, then number six at Oak Hill. Because okay. that's but, exactly what he did and made a double.
1: Oh uh, no, yeah, that was kind of unfortunate. But I actually saw him when play was suspended, and he's such a good kid. I mean, I remember him from college and he seemed fine. And I actually made the mistake of getting pretty mouthy that evening over dinner to some colleagues. I'm like, yeah, watch Eric Cole. He's going to finish the business. And I was met with, uh, met with some opposition and lo and behold the following morning. The first text I got at like 7am is from our producer going double on number six. I was like, Oh heck, here we go. I should have kept my mouth shut, but, but yeah, he's a hell of a player. And, and, and he's, he's walking with a quiet confidence about him. And when I spoke with him, he looks like he feels like he belongs now. And, um, yeah, I think that top 20 bet is a really good idea around here.
0: Yeah, so he's got, obviously, the great run at Honda, played well in Mexico, has back-to-back top 25s at uh, in his last two starts, Byron Nelson in the PGA Championship. So top 20 to be uh, on the first two pages at plus 280. Okay, Mark, I'll bounce it right back to you here. You found yourself a top 40. Who is it, please?
1: Davis Riley, I know the statistics will say that he's not playing very well. I was with him in a practice round on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, whenever it was uh, at um, at Oak Hill. He looked sharp. He really did. Um, he's been playing nicely. Obviously, he had the win alongside Nick Hardy down in uh, New Orleans. Um, and he's, he's played well yet before. I think he had a top five the last time we were there. And just the way he goes about his game is 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 very sound. He's a great ball striker. And he has James Edmondson on his uh, – James Edmondson, pardon me, I'm tired, on, on his bag. And James is uh, a member at Colonial, long-time caddy for Ryan Palmer. So um, if he finished fourth without James, I think with James on the bag there, knowing the golf course, intimately knowing the greens and stuff, I think it would be a really good deal. So I considered him for a top tw- um, third 20 or whatever it was – I think it was like plus 175. But I think he's almost a guarantee to finish inside the top 40. Plus
0: 120 if he does indeed do that. Patrick, you went further, further, further up the board. Found yourself a top five. Who is it?
2: Speaking of guarantees, Mark, Scottie Scheffler, top five, plus 115. I know. I know. I wanted, uh, I wanted to pick him to win, but my past words and takes – simply will not allow me to. So we're going to play conservative with a top five finish. Uh, he hasn't finished outside the top 12 since October, 2022 uh, in my neck of the woods. I don't know if that's a coincidence here in South Carolina, but something to keep in mind. Uh, and yeah, he over the last six months, I know Mark was kind of just shaming strokes gain a little bit. He's gaining over three strokes around. There's no one in this field gaining over two. So he's got a stroke around on the field over the last half year, which is flat out ridiculous.
0: Uh, that is top 14, five. 14, 14 top 15s in a row. That's where we're at. And I don't need to tell you that Scotty Scheffler, he plays the big events. So it is, it is a remarkable run we're on. Uh,
1: I, I got to ask this. How many top fives in a row has he had Two in a row, mm-hmm.
0: Byron okay. Nelson, PGA championship.
1: Okay. Right. So he's got, he's got a little form going on. I just find a top five at plus 115 for Scheffler. I don't think there's enough in that. I really don't.
2: Hey, Mark, uh, jump aboard. We want to go to the eye doctor together? Just let me know.
1: No, no, <laughs> no. I, I, I'm a Scotty Scheffler guy. I, mean, I had him coming down the stretch at uh, Oak Hill. And a guy who was struggling with a ball striking earlier in the week, it just it seemed like when the pressure got its highest, he started to hit the ball straighter. He absolutely flushed it coming in. I mean, he had a drive down 16 that was heavenly. Uh, 18 was like child's play. Drive a nine on in there with a birdie to close. He smashed one around the corner on 17. I was like, yeah, when it gets difficult, he gets better. So I'm, I'm with you over here. I just think that plus 115 for a top five is not very good odds. I don't you... uh,
2: I was going to ask Mark, did you see him on Saturday at all?
1: <laughs> no.
2: Oh, okay, I was just wondering if you saw anything. In the no, game. no,
1: well, he was. I, I, ha, I, I can't remember who I had, but he was in the final group with Dottie. and um, uh, the the word afterwards was that it was just it was ragged, it was sort of messy.
0: Uh, yeah, the, it was pouring rain for eight straight hours. It was it was definitely messy.
1: Okay, but yeah, but help me understand this. If if it was the rain, then he wouldn't have been on the range afterwards with. He's a coach's son videoing his swing, FaceTiming Randy Smith for like insights as to what to do. No, I agree.
0: Okay. I agree. Uh, that was, so he has played like 60 rounds this year. That was only like the eighth time he lost strokes to the field. Bad, bad time for bad time for that to happen. Uh, Eric Cole, top 20, Scotty Shuffler, top five, Davis Riley, top 40 outrights. Gentlemen, Mark, you and I are on the same page about one guy. His name is Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, I I want producer Josh to know that I I want the same odds that Mark got. Mark, <laughs> Mark got thirty, I got twenty eight. I, I want to be adjusted to Mark's number. Mark, tell tell the people why Tommy's going to win this week.
1: Well, I made the case for him with a matchup against Homer. Um, the way he's striking it right now, it just seems like he's growing in stature in the game. Um, to the 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 con- he looks more convinced on the greens too. But it's just the kind of situation where I think now he doesn't look like he has to force things he's allowing golf to come to him a little bit and around this place if you get a little frisky and you hit shots that you that you shouldn't you can short side yourself quickly and with these perched up greens and bermuda rough you can have your hands full so he's going to hit it down the center of the fairway play from the fairway a bunch and and i think it's time now for all of this you know sunshine on the horizon for fleetwood to turn into a turn into a little success
0: yeah, so his last three starts, this is hard to do. You don't see this very often. He's gained in each of the four major strokes gained categories, off the tee approach, around the green with putting, in each of those three starts. So that is... 12 categories across across three tournaments. He's been a, a gainer in each one. So very well rounded right now. T15 at the RBC Heritage, T5 at the Wells Fargo, T18 at the PGA Championship. So uh, Tommy's certainly playing some great golf. I did go with Max Homa. I, I just thought, I agree with Mark, the game does not look super sharp, but when Max Homa, who is kind of one of the second tier winners and wins pretty frequently on the PGA tour gets the to 20 to one in a field like this. I, I couldn't pass it up. So I'll go with max there, Mark, and you will go with uh, a guy who finished second last week. Who is it?
1: Have you watched him play lately? Victor Hovland?
0: Uh, it's unbelievable.
1: There, you said it. It's time. It, so, it is time for Victor Hovland. Now.
0: So, so quickly on this, um, the ball striking has been phenomenal. And Mark, we talked about this on Sunday and we talked about it while we were at the course. He is adding shots to the repertoire and mm-hmm. it, it, they are plugging the worst part of his game. And it's, it's getting really, really good.
1: I've, I've, I'm going to nerd out on you guys a little bit here um, with what he's done around the greens with the short game stuff. Um, now I, in my career, have been lucky enough to watch Seve Ballesteros around the greens and Seve Ballesteros was a wizard. You know, he was like Jordan Spieth on crack. And then I was fortunate enough to know Jose Muriel Lathabel very well, and he around the greens was just magical. I mean, heavenly. And the model that Victor Hovland alongside John May- uh, Joe Mayo is using for the improvement around the greens is Jose Muriel Lathabel. And on his backswing, he's trying to move his head toward the target, creating more of a downswinging strike. Because Victor had been listening to Twitter essentially – you know, where everyone's talking about being more shallow with a wedge. So he was moving behind the ball, staying there. And the base of the golf swing it was happening too early. So he was adding loft to club faces, exposing the leading edge. And it was just messy from the bunkers around the greens and stuff. And when I called him Thursday afternoon for ESPN, we had a brief uh, relief session there for the ESPN crew. I had Victor and he had this tight lie green side, like over a little hill, green running away there. He clipped it away. The thing hit spun released out, just clipped the edge of the hole and was a tap in. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we go. You add that sort of stuff to his ball striking and it's inevitable. And I think it is inevitable now. Uh,
0: inevitable is a really good word. Um, yeah, he's he's got a couple of sick new shots in the in the bag now. So Max Homa, Victor Hovland, Tommy Fleetwood, Tommy Fleetwood, Patrick, uh, you've got two unique outrights. Where would you like to spend them?
2: Uh, Jordan Spieth, 14 to one. I'm, I'm just unloading this week. I I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm definitely in a disarray, but Jordan Spieth at Colonial seems like a sure thing. It has been 10 prior times. He's only finished outside the top 15 once. Uh, he said he tweaked his back before Wells Fargo. Now that's fine. So I'm, I'm taking that start out of the equation. He looked more and more healthy at Oak Hill. So I think he'll get up for this week. It's, I mean, he didn't play at the Byron Nelson. I think he's going to be really pumped to play in front of his fans. Uh, go ahead, Mark.
1: Uh, well, no, I wanted to say something about Spieth when you were done with McCarthy.
2: Okay. Uh, Denny McCarthy. I just feel like good putters win here. Sam Burns, Jordan Spieth, Zach Johnson, Kevin Na. Uh, and McCarthy is one of the best. Uh, and the ball striking has been good this year. I think 60 to 1. It, it's doable. I just think it's doable. So Denny at 60 and Speeth at 14.
1: You know me, um, I see a golfer hit like one shot and I'm like, okay, it's time kind of thing. Uh, On Sunday morning, we went out, show was up at one o'clock and I was on the course early with, I think it was Jordan and DJ perhaps. And 13, that signature par five was playing back into the wind. And there was Allen's Creek cross the fairway, sort of around the 330 mark. And it's into a little left to right wind where in the old days, that was like Jordan's kryptonite. And if you got him with a left to right into wind, he was going to spray gun the right side of the hole like you could bet your mortgage on it. And he gets up there with driver and laced this thing down the middle of the fairway without any movement through the air. And I looked at this. I'm like, huh, look who found the driver. (laughs) And around this place, if you drive it well, like I said, you're going to have your leg up and we know you've said he can putt the greens. So he had a tee shot down 13 into a left to right wind. His kryptonite, pulled it off perfectly. I'm like, okay, Jordan is uh Jordan's on track.
0: Jordan on track 14 to one. Denny McCarthy 60 to one. Now, producer Josh gives us one more bet to make. It's our best bet. We're not very good at them, but we keep firing away no matter what. And Mark, this is where you are telling us that yeah. we are on opposite sides of things because I really? took Todd and you're taking the other side.
1: I'll bet you a nice bottle of red wine on that bet there. What do you say?
0: I mean, I'm already like three in the hole, so sure, why not? Let's let's do it. Let's let's just—I already—I already already have your address. I already have an account on the wine site. Uh, There is no there's no harm in me taking this. uh, It's fine. Yes, deal.
1: Perfect. Uh, Look, Brendan Todd is a good pick around here, but keep your eye on Sebas, Christian beside notes. Um, his game is sound. He's played well here before. He loves the golf course. Loves the golf course. And um, he, too, is kind of lurking around the place a little bit, and I feel like uh, it, it's time for him to really make a bit of a splash. So uh, I'll go with Note over Todd. Plus 100 is my best bet and my guarantee for another bottle of wine.
0: All right. And as we always do, if uh, if both of them miss the cut, it's a it's a wash. It's a push. Nobody, okay. nobody yeah. wins on that. Okay, uh, I'm going to get out of the way here because the people are – I'm just going to say Matt Neesmith, who now wants to go by Matt and not Matthew, is striking it again. Top 40 plus 125. Uh, Patrick, why are you such a villain?
2: I need Josh to give me an advance on my allowance. Uh, Can I get all the money for the rest of the season and lay it on this bet, please? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Michael blocked to miss the cut, minus 210. It's – it's just way too much to come back. I'm, I am I. don't see a scenario through all my models. Josh said he'd get the accountant on the line. I need a line of credit uh, if any of the listeners are are able to as well. But it's a great story in Rochester. I just don't see it carrying over to Fort Worth.
1: <laughs> well done. I-
0: I I actually I mean I tend to agree with them. Listen, if there is anybody who who did more work than Michael Block, like it, it's it's going to be nuts. He's still going to be pulled in every direction this week. He gained six strokes putting, and he made nace. Like I, those are two things that are not going to happen again. I hate to say it, but I'm with you, Patrick. Yeah,
2: and I mean, you know, crypto's been kind of sketchy lately. Blockchain technology <laughs> stars are aligning in in the wrong ways for Michael Block this week. Oh,
1: oh, man.
0: All right. Uh, <laughs> one final thing to do, gentlemen. It's the one and done, which got a big shakeup last week, thanks to uh, half of us, uh, not Mark or I, having Brooks Kepka, So we will give the update there, and we will reveal those one and done selections. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. So big movers. Kyle M. had Brooks. The fans had Brooks. Sia had Brooks. Greg had Brooks. So this one and done has tightened uh mark still out in the lead kyle m is now in second the fans are now in third i've dropped to fourth so uh oh boy so patrick oh yeah you are now unfortunately the basement dweller 6.8 million and you have gone with the man the myth the legend to make up ground who have you selected
2: Michael block.
0: Yeah. So hold on real quick before I forget, because we're here. I spoke to a, uh, I spoke to Colin Ingalls. He's a club pro who qualified last week. And he said, Hey, you know, I listened to some of your stuff. Really cool. I'm in a one and done. I used myself this week because I didn't know if there'd be another scenario in which I got to use myself, which I was like, That's cool. That's awesome. If you ever get a chance to use yourself in a one-and-done, you use yourself. How cool is that?
1: That is
2: pretty sweet. I'll think about that uh, next year's U.S. Open. Open
0: qualifying, yeah.
2: Um, But I'm going with Jordan Spieth because the violinist is playing. The lifeboats are readied. I'm taking on water uh, right now, and so I got to pull out the big guns. I've been kind of flaunting my arsenal that I've, I've stocked up. John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, and it, it's time to unload. And Jordan Spieth at Colonial is step one of 10 in this comeback story. And I love how the board is shaping up this week.
0: Well, I left Kyle Porter uh, on Monday in Rochester and he was, he was upright. He was fine. He was, he was doing well. Uh, between then and now he was unable to enter a one and done selection. So He's catching a zero. He's catching a big uh oh. He's catching a whoopsie. He he's he's catching zero dollars for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge.
1: He's trying to lose. This is no. He's he's given up. There's no more fight left in him.
0: He's rolling over. He's waving.
1: He wants, his the, fight. Over. He
2: wants the first round pick next year. Number one overall.
0: Full on tank. <laughs> full-on tank <tech. laughs> 7.6 million is where kyle is and 7.6 million is where kyle will stay greg and i are on the same page that is cameron davis who outside of uh the five weeks where he was like not apparently not feeling well has played great golf finished top 10 here last year greg's at 9.3 million i'm at 12.7 the only one between us is Sia ajad uh and along with the fans along with kyle m and along with you mark Sia and half the one and done have taken who?
1: Justin Rose. Um, First off, it just occurred to me, looking at this leaderboard here, the pundits, Rick, Sia, Greg, Kyle, Patrick, you, you guys are supposed to be advising the fans. You guys are the bottom dwellers. What's up?
0: first off i'm in the middle of the pack dude don't, don't lump me into the city i have twice as much money as patrick does do not lump me into patrick's like stratosphere
1: are two cbs sports editorial guys i mean what are they watching tennis what is their story I more
0: money than those guys combined i don't want to be associated with them
1: it's, uh,
2: it's a lot
0: of opinion from the
2: editorial lately you know not a lot of fact. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fake news. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Rose. To be honest with you, I did consider Tony Finau for a long time. He's played well at this place, but I'm sort of looking past this event to the upcoming stuff, and right now my biggest challenge is trying to figure out where to get Cam Smith in. I've got two opportunities, but I've got Xander, I've got Hovland, I've got Morikawa, I've got Finau, Sanjay, Tom, Kim, Hideki. Um, so, so this Justin Rose was me sort of looking at the thing going, solid, playing well. Played well year before. He's won at this golf course. Good week last week, uh, bringing some momentum in. So I went with Rose figuring that my some folks might, and it's turned out pretty good for me.
0: We are losing to a guy who is flipping through his notebook of one and done options. I, and he not buy his bed, by the night table.
2: I, I can't believe he has all those names left.
1: I know we are absolutely. <laughs> 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 I said that for the fans.
0: I have, <laughs> I have like, I have like, Two guys left. They both play on live.
1: <laughs> you better hit the U.S. Open and the uh, British Open, then.
2: I'm going to have to use, like, Zach Johnson at the John
0: Deere.
1: That wouldn't be a bad pick, Bill.
0: For Stricker or somebody. Okay, I'll, I'll write that down. <laughs> all right. Uh, so just to recap here. So uh, for those just listening, Mark is at 15.2 million. He's went with Justin Rose. Kyle M, 13.6. Justin Rose. The fans, 12.8. Justin Rose Rick 12.7 Cam Davis Sia 10.3 Justin Rose Greg 9.3 Cam Davis Kyle 7.6 uh, Whoopsies Patrick 6.8 Jordan Spieth Those are the one and done selections for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge
1: Oh and fans I do have Rory still But you know you know where I'm going to use him So I don't count him <laughs>
0: oh Eastlake
1: Yep Always You better work hard to make it there Go- Golly Jesus. <laughs>
0: could you imagine three three time fedex three three fedex cups and uh, doesn't make it to east lake that'd be tough
1: well that's something too because you know we're so used to 125 in the playoffs now it's 70
0: mhm
1: yeah so you got you got to be a bit strategic about you deciding for your final three events
2: luckily davis riley is probably going to be making it with that win so i still got him
0: so watch <laughs> out when when mark rolls out rory McElroy and you roll out davis riley or it's going to be tough for everybody. But
2: where were you? Come back. Michael Block esque. Yeah. <laughs> all
0: right. We will uh, We'll be back Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to discuss each and every round of this week's Charles Schwab challenge and anything else that happens in the meantime. For now, big thanks. Bruce. Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. That is Patrick McDonald. who You can find on Twitter at amateur status and Mark Immelman, who you can find at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.